I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 329 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I hope everybody is staying safe and healthy out there as we continue to stay quarantined through this whole COVID-19 pandemic. I'm keeping a podcast moving here to bring you guys some fun, positive, informative, and hopefully valuable content. I have an awesome guest for you guys today. David Burka is an actor who you've seen in TV shows such as How I Met Your Mother. He eventually left the Hollywood scene to become a professional chef. He is married to Tony Award-winning actor Neil Patrick Harris, and together they have two children. David has a highly popular cookbook titled Life is a Party, which you can find the link to in today's show notes. David Burka will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video, and it is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and David Burka, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. David and his husband, Neil, are among the most well-known gay dads in all of show business, and the world has certainly changed its view of gay couples since I was a kid. I've had quite a few of you dads reach out to me that are struggling with their son or daughter's sexual orientation and asking for advice. I really don't have a response to that that can come from a genuine place because I haven't experienced it personally, uh, so it would be kind of foolish for me to give advice on it. In my own personal opinion, I think that the minute we place expectations on our children, whether that be in athletics and trying to map out their path to the big leagues, or if it's in academics and we try to picture them as the valedictorian, I think we really set ourselves up for uh, disappointment and unhappiness. One thing that I realized about being a dad is that it takes me to places that I never thought I would go. Uh, For instance, I never imagined in a million years that I would ever play chess, let alone enjoy it. But my oldest son became interested in it at an early age. I learned how to play it so I could play it with him, and I am so glad that I did. And I really believe that just providing our kids with principles and values is far more important than trying to control the direction of their life. And as you guys know, I speak heavily on this podcast about the tragic number of kids who are growing up without a father in their lives. And with a gay couple, you have two men who are stepping up to the plate and raising their children with love in their hearts. And to me, gay or straight, if you are active in raising your children, then you are much more of a man than those who abandon their responsibilities or roles as a father. All right, so let's jump into it here. And don't forget to subscribe to First Class Fatherhood. There is a lot more action coming your way this week. Tomorrow on the podcast, 13-year NFL veteran Frosty Rucker, who played college ball at USC, is going to be here. Wednesday, we're going to take a trip across the pond. We're going to be joined by Spencer Matthews. Besides appearing on reality shows like The Bachelor and Celebrity Master Chef, he is a highly successful entrepreneur. And Friday, ABC's chief legal correspondent and host of A&E's Live PD, Dan Abrams will be stopping by to discuss his new book about John Adams and so much more, so lock it in for that. And please, follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to stay up to date with all of the upcoming guest announcements. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with David Burka. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, the summer will be here before you know it. Are you serious about turning your dad bod into a beach bod? Well, former Navy SEAL and professional MMA fighter Mitch Aguiar has designed the products to help you smash your goal. 
Smashing Greens are an extremely nutrient-dense blend of organic superfoods with no fillers. They are designed to be taken as a daily supplement or as a complete meal replacement. All ingredients were chosen to specifically curb your hunger, maximize your energy, clear your skin, and burn fat. Visit MassiveSupplements.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out all available products, including plant-based multivitamins, Smashing Beans organic coffee, protein shakes, power creatine, and more. Smash your greens. Visit MassiveSupplements.com. That's M-A-S-F Supplements.com. All right. Joining me now, a first-class father, David Berka. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have two kids and they're the same age because they're twins and they're both nine years old. One Very boy, cool. one girl. Okay, one and one. Are you going to try to break the tie with a third here or are you guys all done? No way. Done. <laughs> uh, two and what? done. I, you know, we had, we had a big th- talk about it a couple years ago and it just uh, – there, there's one boy, one girl. There's two of them. Uh, they're nine years old. I think, I think if we were to have another kid, it would be really hard to start over again. I mean, uh, if anything, we would adopt, uh, uh, an older kid, but that it's a whole other set of problems or not problems, but issues that, uh, that you have to you know, go, go through, you know, hurdles. Um, my career is just starting again. So it's, it's, it's hard to sort of go back to babyhood or having kids and, and, and do that, you know, now that they're older, they're more sufficient and they're, uh, more independent and it's, it's a lot of work as you know. Yeah. Yeah. I got four kids myself. So, uh, I, I, I hear you on that. What type of uh, sports or activities are the kids into? Well, um, they both do tennis. They both take tennis lessons. Uh, my daughter's into gymnastics. Uh, my, they both love to swim. They're big swimmers. Um, my son is not the biggest sports guy. He likes to play golf because my dad was a golf coach, so he likes getting tips from him. Uh, my son's really into D&D, like big into D&D, uh, Dungeons and & Dragons, and he, he has a dungeon uh, master that he really loves, and he actually does games with us, which is really fun. Um, and, uh, you know, they're avid readers uh, and – and, uh, you know, just love being kids. Yeah, well, my oldest son is huge into the D&D as well. So uh, I, I hear what you're, where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I'd much rather have him do D&D than play, you know, computer games all day. Because it's so much more inventive and he tells storytelling. And there's yeah, very interactive. Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. Um, David, if you could, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, I am a uh, father. Of course. Uh, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I went to school for musical theater. And right after college, I started working on Broadway in a bunch of different shows. I was in the chorus and and dancing and uh, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and uh, then Children of Eden and a couple of Broadway shows. And then I went back to school uh, for acting. And then I started working in uh, uh, doing a lot of straight plays for Edward Albee. So, and then, you know, I ended up doing another musical, met my husband, Neil, when I was doing Gypsy on Broadway. And then my mom suddenly died of cancer. And I thought, you know, I can't be acting and and dealing with rejection quite a bit. So I ended up 
uh, going to cooking school because it was something that I always loved to do. And it was therapeutic for me to, you know, work in the kitchen and work my work, work with my hands. And also, you know, the thing about cooking is that when you when you cook, your your product is right in front of you. So you know if it's good or bad. Whereas acting, you know, you put it out there and you can get rejected for just being yourself. So it's a really mental, you know, kind of screwy sometimes of being an actor. Um, but uh, so I went to cooking school and I became a chef and I, owned, I had a catering company that I had for years in Los Angeles. And uh, I worked with Mario Batali and... Um, uh, did a lot of, I've done a lot of TV and I wrote a book called life is a party. Cause I used to throw a lot of parties. That was my job for a while. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting back into acting again because the kids are, the kids are of that age that I can go do a Broadway show or go on location or do a TV show or something like that. So, uh, I'm, I like to ride the line between acting and cooking and cooking and acting and fatherhood and, and being in a marriage and, and all that. My life is very full with a lot of things right now. Yeah. Very, very cool, David. And so about how old were you then when you first became a dad here and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? It's interesting. I, I have another, uh, when I was 24, I met a gentleman who was in the process of surrogacy and he, ended up having twins, another set of twins. So there's an, uh, there's another set of twins called, uh, that I had that I raised for three years before we called it off. Um, so I was 24 when I first became a dad or a dad figure. Uh, I helped raise these kids from birth until three and a half. And now they're, they're like, um, they're like nieces and nephews to me. We're very close. We talk all the time. Um, and uh, they're very close to me. Uh, I still keep in contact with their dad. Uh, things didn't work out with, between us, but uh, but we're still very friendly. And then when I had Gideon and Harper, uh, they were it was nine years ago, so around 10, 10 years ago. So I was thirty four um, when I had when I had my own kids. So yeah, very cool. And and how challenging is the process for for uh, for gay dads that are interested in having kids? I mean, what what are the options, and what made you decide with the option that you guys chose? Well, this was ten years ago, so it a lot has changed with science now. But it is really in order to have this is really interesting with with, with being a gay dad because you really if you want to have a kid, you have to go to a lot of lengths and quite a lot of money to have a kid. I mean, it's not like a straight couple where you accidentally have a kid or you just go and do it. Um, you have to go, you know, meet with an agency, uh, go and meet a surrogate and the surrogate, um, for us, this is how it was. We met a surrogate and the surrogate agreed to work with us. And then we found, uh, after months and months and months of searching, we found an egg donor that we really liked and she was anonymous and we took uh, one of my best guys' sperm and one of uh, one of the best eggs, and we implanted them and had two separate embryos. So we had uh, one of uh, my embryos, my DNA, and one of Neil's DNA, and we implanted it into a different woman, so a different surrogate. Um, so there were two different women involved, and we were lucky enough to have twins. So one of them's my DNA, one of them's Neil's DNA, and uh, and we we know I think we don't know necessarily whose is whose um, because we never got a DNA test, but we're pretty sure whose is whose. We're uh, just knowing our background and knowing. I mean, we're not dissimilar looking, but uh, but they definitely look like twins. Um, but, uh, but so that, that was the process. I mean, it was, it was, we kept in contact with the surrogate and, 
she's she was close with us for a really long time. I mean, she, we still are, we still are. We we talk to her, even though the kids don't necessarily know her very well. Um, but uh, for nowadays, it's it's really wild for men or women to have children, gay parents to have children, because you can choose the sex. You can choose if you want one or two or three, or you can choose whose DNA it's going to be. I mean, it's science has come a really long way. It's pretty incredible what, yeah, what they can do. That's fascinating, David. I'm sure that you know which one is yours until one of them does something bad. And then you say, oh, you know where that one came from. That ain't mine, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. I mean, it, it, it's true. We see we see things in, in the kids and go like, oh, wow, that's uh, that looks familiar, you know. So. <laughs> How about as far as uh, uh, discipline, David? What type of disciplinarian are you as a father, and is it different different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Um, discipline. I, I I tend to be pretty tough. I mean, Neil tends to be more of the disciplinarian. I tend to be more of the the motherly, nurturing. You know, come over here for a hug, and uh, I tend to be the more maternal one in our relationship. But um. Cause I spend more time with them. I spend a lot more time with them. Well, not right now. We're all spending a lot of time together, but, um, uh, but I, you know, in terms of being, there are dis, there's similar, there's similarities and, uh, dissimilarities. I mean, my mom would do anything for us. I mean, she would bend over backwards and she was a really great provider in so many things that she did. And I feel like I do the same thing for them. Um, and in terms of doing things differently, I think I'm a little more lax. I think my mom was a little more controlling um, and my dad was a little more controlling with me. And I, I feel like you got to let these kids be kids and let them be who they're going to be. Whereas opposed to I, there really, I was a different time back then where we were trying to mold the kids into being who you thought they should be. Um, so if anything, I, I tend to let them, you know, be who they are more. Um, uh, and tr- uh, discipline, but I I feel like I'm, I'm I can be pretty tough on them, but I'm you know it, it depends on what things like with sugar I don't really care. Um, I mean I do to a point, you know, but these kids have been self-regulating with sugar for a really long time. I think all you need to do is give kids sugar, uh, you know, sugar all they wanted, and and they'll get sick once, and then they're like, okay, I can monitor myself. Um. It's the kids who don't necessarily get sugar a lot that that go crazy and it sort of rewires their brain. Um, but I'm 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 pretty strict on just morals um, and just being a good person and being respectful and thoughtful and mindful. Um, that's something that's really really important in our house. Yeah, good stuff, David. And I know that got to be a lot of pressure on you there, being a professional chef like you are. I, I do all the cooking in my family. I do the food shopping and the cooking every night. But if I get a bad dish, I can always say, "Hey, listen, I ain't no chef." You know, you are. So, do your kids have like a favorite dish? <laughs> do the kids have like a favorite dish that you cook, or do they have one that they don't look forward to? What's the specialty there? They, they're very rarely do they complain. I was having a. This is, we talk about this story where I was having a bad day about a month ago, and I made soup, this chicken soup, and I put way too much salt in it. It was not cute, and and I they didn't let me live it down. Like the one day I make a bad soup, I still hear about. Oh, Dad, remember that salty soup you made? So 
<laughs> so it's crazy. <laughs> but they, I mean, usually they really like, they really love my cooking. Um, my son usually, you know, he asks for steak. You know, I make a lot of great steaks on the grill. Uh, he really enjoys that. Uh, my daughter wants poke, so I make uh, a Hawaiian poke with rice and anything sort of Asian flavors they really, really like. Um, but they're pretty keen on eating anything. Like I'm not, you know, my son loves when I make swordfish. I mean, my son will eat anything. He's a human gar- human garbage disposal. So um, it's it's nice to have him in the house because he'll, you know, he'll eat anything that I cook. But they're really good at eating, uh, you know, a, a whole bunch of foods. But I've done, I've, I've done, I've fed them uh, and and cooked for them everything since they were, you know, six months. They've had every sort of spice and type of flavor and every sort of piece of seafood and vegetable from the, you know, the the color of the rainbow is what we like to eat in our house. So they're really good eaters. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I have, uh, like I said, four kids and I have four very different palates. So it's very hard to please everybody at, uh, at at dinner time. So, um, you and, have, you have, did they, did their kid, your kids request stuff since you're the, the cook of the house? They do, but you know what? I've, I've kind of got it down to almost a set schedule on what I do. Like, uh, as far as, uh, Monday, I usually do like a, a chicken cutlet Tuesday. We do the taco Tuesday, uh, yeah, Wednesday we I'll do either a pork chop or, or something of that nature. Um, uh, Fridays I always do a pasta dish or something like that nice. or fish. So I, I had pretty much, you know, go-to things. And when something gets thrown off the schedule, it's the vegetables really that are hard. Certain ones, they hate peas. Other guys like the carrots. So that's re- really where I have the struggle with. You can't make them happy with the vegetables. Pea, right. pea night is, is a difficult night in the house here. So. <laughs> um, you, you know what? One of the things I'm curious to ask you, David, I do get hit up by quite a lot of dads that'll, that'll ask me questions about, hey, um, my, my son or my daughter just came out as gay and how do I handle it? I don't know how to respond to this. And I don't have any experience to speak from this from, and I'll say, Hey, my best advice would be find some other dad that's had this experience and been through it and raised kids and listen to them. What kind of advice do you have for dads out there that have kids that are just coming out? Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. do you have for dads out there that have kids that are just coming out look all all your kid wants is acceptance and love that's it and i the fact that the parents are asking what should i do that mean that that they're doing the right thing right there you know i mean they're they're taking the time to say hey i'm 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 wanting to know how to deal with this but as a parent i think all you need to do is love your kid it's the it's the parents that don't ask. It's the parents who don't care are the ones that I'm worried about, you know, because I, I think if, if your kid comes out, um, all they want to do is be accepted. You know, it's just like any other kid. I think that uh, it's not that different. Um, 
it, 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 I think times have changed so much more now. It's much easier to be gay and growing up gay in our world. I mean, maybe not so much in the South or middle America, but, uh, but, but I think that just let your kid be who they're going to be and, uh, and, and love them for who they are and tell them that you're here for them and that you're here to support whatever they're, they want to be. Um, and I think they'll, you guys will all get through it. Yeah, so. very, very well said, David. And now right now, uh, uh, you know, when I put this out, hopefully we're in a little bit of a better state here. But right now, the coronavirus, the pandemic has swept the entire world here. How are you guys kind of managing? I know you're in New York City here where it's very uh, high rate, one of the highest in the country. So uh, how are you guys managing and handling the whole quarantine thing? Well, we actually got out. We're uh, we're in the country right now. So we uh, we are currently working on uh, uh a house outside the city that we're lucky enough and fortunate enough to be outside because it was wild. I, you know, I was downtown two days ago in Tribeca and there was, it was no one out. It was a ghost town. And then I went up and drove our minivan up to Harlem where we live. And there were people everywhere, which is scary. I mean, it is, it's an epidemic right now. I mean, people should not be on the street. Um, so we got out and it's, uh, we're trying to self quarantine as much as we can. I have, I, you know, I, I went through my freezers. I have a bunch of freezers in, in our brownstone in, in Harlem and just packed three coolers worth of meat and, and vegetables. And, and, and so I'm, I'm doing my best to thaw out. Um, you know, I had, I thawed out we had a party in Christmas when we had crab legs. And so I took all the crab and I made crab cakes from, from Christmas. And I have a, you know, a, a, a prime rib that I'm thawing out <laughs> to have French dip sandwiches. So I'm getting really creative with all of our leftovers that we have that's frozen. Uh, and it's kind of good because we're cleaning out the freezer, cleaning out the fridge. Yeah. We're and all so getting, we're doing, I was going to say, we're all getting kind of creative here. Like I said, we're all, uh, and I've added homeschool teacher to the resume here, like everybody else. It's uh, we're all trying to figure out how to adapt to this. So we, our kids, go back to school, digital schooling on Monday. How has that been? I, I haven't. I've, they've been in spring break, so we haven't we haven't dealt with it. But I'm I'm a little worried because I mean I feel like if they're I'm going to be their tutor, they're going to grow up really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Like, they they have the schedule that's there. It's not like you have to make it up out of thin air. So like I have uh -huh. a. My older guy, my oldest is like a workhorse. He'll spend four or five hours a day doing it. He's in all the honors classes. Uh, my wow. middle guy, if you don't watch him like a hawk, he's going to flip the computer right into a game or something like that. So um, it, it, it creates different challenges because all four of them are at different levels. So it's, uh, it's, it's like I said, we've had to adapt here like everybody else. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that it's going to have to be. I know with. With both of them, they've, they're this, sort of the same thing. They need quite a, a lot of attention in terms of like just sitting with them and, and, and making sure that they're learning. So but that that's going to be I feel like is that taking up so much of your own time? Um, like is that it, it's you know what? My, my wife, unfortunately, she was laid off. So now she's home here. So it's like we're oh making the best God. do with, with, with what we have here. So it's like we have um, you know what, though, we have the time together. We're making the best of it. And you know what? what what's tough is. We constantly try to keep them away from the technology, and now it's like without the technology. Now we're telling them get on the computer, get get Isn't on. Isn't that so, so funny? I know it's, it's very wild. Now, now they're going to have so much screen time. So yes, way too much. And then much. what do you what do you reward them with? Right. You know? Yeah, it's very very. It's so, creating that so how do you kind of handle?
Uh, are your kids big, you know, I would imagine, swiping screens like everybody else? How do you guys kind of monitor or handle the technology with your kids? Honestly, um, we're very we're very uh, strict uh, during the week. They don't get any screens, not TV, not not iPads during the week. On the weekends, we're a little more lax. You know, you can play. They have to earn throughout the week. They earn points that that um, calculate into minutes for their iPad, so they can you know learn earn up to like two and a half hours worth of iPad. Um, but and then we'll watch a movie together as a family. So there, there's that on the weekend. But now with this coronavirus and being uh, quarantined, it's everything's sort of gone out the window. I mean, I, it, we've been giving them so much more screen time um, because it's you know it's impossible. It's it's next to you know with what the things we have to do because we're still we're still trying to get work done. And I you know I'm you know there's. I don't have much help now. So, you know, all the stuff that I need to do in terms of my recipe testing or, or work that I have to create, you know, I've been working on a TV show that I'm writing. So there's been a lot of that. And so we've had to just, you know, give them what they want and they want to play iPad. So it's going to be tricky now, you know, it's We're going to have to find ways of, okay, now we're going to have to play a game or we're going to have to go run around the house or we're going to have to, uh, do a craft or play with clay or do things with your hands or help me cook. I mean, my son and I have been doing a lot of uh, baking. So we made pretzels the other day and we made uh, uh, flatbreads and we made uh, a sourdough loaf. So we've been doing a lot of, he's really into baking. So we've been trying to get into the kitchen a lot. So that's, that's another thing to do to try and get your kids involved. Yeah. It's tough because my my older three, they all run track. And then my daughter does the gymnastics in the spring and all that's been canceled. They can't go to their friends' houses. They can't have friends come over. So it's just, uh, you know, it's, uh, definitely some challenging. Let me ask you as, as a dad, how do you, how are you curbing their disappointment? That's been a big thing for me because you know, their spring break was canceled. All of their, like their gymnastics, their, their, your tennis, all of that's been canceled. All they get, they're they're missing their friends. How do you how do you cope with that as a as a as a parent? Yeah, what I try to do, uh, David, best as I can is lead by example. I keep my attitude and my spirits high. I keep it exciting and say and talk about the benefits that we have right now to spend this time together. Uh, get creative, uh, board games with big chess players. Create chess tournaments for ourselves. Uh, get get the opportunity to watch some movies they never seen. We just watched the Three Amigos the other night. They've <laughs> seen it. They loved it. So it's given an opportunity to do things and just trying to keep it positive so that they don't see us. Um, like I said, my wife lost her job. We haven't made that an issue or made it even a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it's just trying to kind of uh, lead the way with keeping our head up. Like, hey, everything's happening here. We're gonna we're gonna take it all. We're gonna make the best that we can out of it. We've getting more time together and uh, we're gonna utilize it as best we can. So I mean, I'm just trying to keep the spirits up best best that we can possible yeah. here. Isn't that great? I do feel like even though this epidemic is going on, there is there are silver linings that you have to look into. Like I really do feel like spending the time together. You don't get that. Like you don't people don't get to have that. So it's I think it's gonna be after all this is done. I think we're all gonna be reset in a way. I think 100%. it's gonna be really. I mean, the fact that I read an article the other day that because there's not so many planes in the air, the weather is changing. And the atmosphere is already changing, which is that's that's great. I mean, if we can help our environment and just not driving cars around and not having airplanes in the air, I mean, that's that's a good thing. 
It really is. Yeah, and you, and you wonder, too, like, are people going to ever go back to shaking hands ever again after something like this? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like it's there's definitely going to be some major changes that, that, that are going to come from this uh, in the long term. But it, uh, like everybody else, we got to just kind of wait and see and uh, see how it all develops. One thing for myself is I've been able to uh, do in the podcast so many people I've been trying to get after now suddenly they're available. All the plans have been canceled. So I've been trying to just <laughs> nice. record as many interviews nice. as I can here. You know? Oh, that's fantastic. Um, that's great. And, great for you. That's and, and you know what? You, you've had so much success here in your career, David. What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future? Well, like I said, you know, I, I've got people have been wanting me to do another cookbook. I'm, you know, I worked so hard two years on this cookbook and it was, it took a lot out of me. Um, and as much as it's really fun, uh, it's not as fulfilling as you think it is, um, uh, financially or, or when it comes out, it sort of comes out and then it goes away. Um, but you know, it's, it's your bit of your business card, which has been nice. Um, but I really, I really am trying to get back into acting cause I really do miss that. I, I stopped, um, uh, acting because a, my mom passed away, but then the kids were so little, um, that I couldn't do a Broadway show and I couldn't go on location cause my, you know, Neil was, Neil was away and Neil's, you know, he was, he was shooting the matrix four, and he, they all, all, uh, filming has stopped. They everybody had to come back from Berlin because they were shooting on location in Berlin. Um, so we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I've I've written um, a new show uh, and I've got a, a show on Netflix that got picked up that um, that I'm producing. It's more of a reality show and that hasn't been announced yet. But uh, I've been still working on that. And there's a feature film that that I've been working with with another group of people. So I have a lot of coals in the fire. Um, but like I said, everything's sort of at a halt right now. But that's sort of where more of the producing, more of the acting. Um, I still I'll still be cooking and I'll still I have two food network spot specials coming out in October for uh, the food network. So it's a it's a those have been announced. Uh, I'm doing a Halloween specials. So I have a low end kids version of Halloween and then a high end adult version of Halloween. So those will be fil- uh, will be filming those. We were supposed to film them in May, but uh, it's not going to happen. So I think we're going to have to film them sometime in June or July for uh, them to come out in October of next year. Yeah, very so cool. I look f- lots of things going on. I look forward to that. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, David, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Get as much sleep as you can and travel as much as you can because it's going to come to a halt. I think that uh, – I think as dads – I mean, I'm a different sort of dad, I think, because I'm more of a motherly dad because there's two dads in our family. I think the dad, because the mom, when they have the child, they're sort of the primary caregiver. And I think the dad, don't be afraid to just do tasks, like do everything that your wife says, because they're at a point where they just had a baby and they're, you're both bonding with the baby, but she needs a lot of help um, and a lot of stability in terms of uh, taking, uh, taking the brunt of work or, or helping out around the house. So I think just keep that in mind. Yeah. Very well said. I love the message. Uh, this has been an honor for me. I got to say, David Berker, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a, uh, a few minutes of your time here on first. My class pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been fun.
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to David Berka for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. A lot more action coming your way tomorrow on the podcast. 13-year NFL veteran Frosty Rucker will be here Wednesday. We're going over to the UK. We're going to be visited here or joined here, rather, by Spencer Matthews, who is a highly successful entrepreneur. And then Friday, we have got the host of a and Live PD, Dan Abrams joining me on the show. All right, I hope everybody out there stays safe, stays healthy, and stays tuned to First Class Fatherhood. I hope you guys can find a way to enjoy all this time you have to spend with your family, and hopefully uh, this uh, entire COVID-19 pandemic will be over with soon. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Thank you.